We the Power, a podcast from Patagonia. Hello and welcome to the final episode of We the Power. We've visited Germany, Italy, the UK and heard from inspirational activists and changemakers from across the globe. But today we'll be shining a light on France and we'll be finding out how community energy can be the basis for a design for life in the 21st century, one in which women are empowered to talk about power. I should hope so too. We'll be meeting Fabienne Marais shortly, but first of all, I spoke to environmental journalist and author Lionel Astruc to find out how the energy mix in France is working in the midst of a global energy crisis. What we can see recently in France is that the increase of prices is really impacting people. And I, I think at first it's impacting poorer people. They have to be very careful about the distances they have to, to do with their cars. I can see more hitchhiking along the roads, for example. I also can see that many people are ready to make a big effort if it is to help Ukraine. The thing is that also people discover how they are dependent on a centralized system. In France, it's particularly true as we have invested a lot in nuclear power plants and that people depend on that. Many of them discover that our energy is in the hands of few people, few firms, few industries, and uh, that we depend on a very paternalist kind of business. So I think a few people knew that before, but the majority, they didn't know that. And now they discover how fragile is our energy system. Okay, so here's the thing. France has a unique energy mix with 70% of its power coming from nuclear. I love a bit of energy history, so bear with me. Socialist President Francois Mitterrand deployed the French nuclear energy programme in the 80s and 90s in order to boost France's energy independence. Now, does the fact that theirs is already a non-carbon-based energy system mean that France lacks the drive to make the switch to renewables? And you know in this business you need drive, you need lots of motivation. Historically, this very centralised system is in our head also. It means that the propaganda around nuclear energy is proportioned to the investments that France made in nuclear energy. Little by little, they, they also change their, their way of seeing their own energy consumption and try to discover that it, it's not only a problem that you can leave away and let people do it for you. It's something that you have really to understand and do it with other citizens. So it's evolving in, in French mentalities. We can see that community-owned energy resources are, are really stepping up. In France, today you, you have 300 projects, production projects that have started. And in those 300 projects, 115 are already working. And also 20,000 people are involved in these kinds of projects. And not only the projects are becoming numerous, but also they are becoming bigger and bigger. Some of those projects are several millions of euros, so it, it start, it's becoming bigger. But I think that the, the, the data which is really important to remember is that a citizen project is two to three times more profitable 
for the territory or around. And I think French citizens are starting to understand how important it is to build a local economy around our energy consumption. Okay, so it's clear that France's commitment to community energy is already quite strong. But I'm still curious, what are the obstacles in France to make this shift happen even faster? How can those 300 community energy projects become 3,000? One of the, the, the most important barriers and the most frightening barriers is the investments. If you look at the banks at an international point of view, you can see that the decrease of their investment in fossil fuels is about 9%. So it's going down and down, right? But the French banks are increasing their investment in fossil fuels of 36%. So not only they maintain their, their investment in fossil fuels, but they increase it, right? So we have not integrated that fighting climate change needs all the means including reducing, stopping this kind of investments. And if all that money would be invested in uh, renewable energies, in, in small citizens' communities, etc., it would change really faster. But community energy projects aren't the only game in town. France has another string to its bow, what's known as self-managed communities. As Lionel explains, community energy can mean so much more than cheaper energy bills. It can be used to energise, sorry, a whole new way of living. Self-managed communities is just people who want to live together with different way of living together. You can share a lot and you can share just little things, but uh, the objective is reducing their consumption and being in a more friendly way of life, more solidarity and you help your neighbors, you organize together. And it's a way also to prepare for the crises that are coming one after the other and that are showing us that we have to organize at, at a territory level. Is that more natural for France than in England, do you think? I don't know England enough to be able to answer. What I know is that in France, it's also working because people want to spend time together and they like to spend time together, get their woods together, organize their home, make projects together. It's efficient. At an ecological and economical point of view, that's also a very nice thing to do. These kind of communities are really increasing. Self-managed communities in France, it's 800 places in France, so it's becoming very important. I recently had the chance to investigate on different kinds of uh, self-managed communities, collective farms, shared lodging, and even religious communities also. All of them have very challenging energy strategy. So it was very interesting the way they are managing this, uh, this kind of problem together. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of those communities I was investigating was eco-housing of 19 families. The thing they did very well is that they share many things. They share their, their workshop, they share the, the room for the friends, they share their cars, and they share their housing project. So they have a very insulated home. And for example, their electricity bill is seven times less than their neighbors in the same village with the same climate, etc. 
So there are energy communities, but there are also those self-managed groups that really think about the way of consuming less, not only renewables, but also consuming less. And when you are 19 families like this, 19 homes, you can buy solar panels and all the equipment and it's less expensive. And, and even it's better if, if you don't have money, if you have uh, little incomes, you can get in this kind of community and live with a very ecological way of life. So France has 800 self-managed communities and 300 community energy projects. And Fabien Marais is vice president of one of them, Energy Citoyenne, a company which began in 2016 in the region of Grenoble in the southeast of France. So I started off by finding out a little bit more about Fabienne. I am a mother of three uh, children. I'm working in logistics, so nothing related to energy, in fact, in my uh, professional life. So this comes up again and again through this season. How do normal people, and I mean by that people who are not working professionally in the energy sector, end up as vice presidents of a community energy company? And what is it like? I was already involved in citizen movement around ecology, okay? Because I was feeling indignation toward what our government in France was not doing, but also governments in Europe, let's say, not moving fast enough regarding climate change. It was like if our political people, you know, were just only asking us to make some small move, you know, at home, save your electricity, use your bike, you know, they were just giving us like a small, changes to apply to our life, but nothing major, really. And I was looking for something more. Did you help set up the company or was it fully formed and you joined in? How did it work? So the first time I was part, in fact, of of a movement in France during the preparation of the COP21, because COP21 was uh, planned in Paris, France, We were a lot of people preparing, in fact, some movement demonstration in France. And and we did organize some kind of um, conference to explain everything about this uh, movement of community energy. And during this conference, we invited people to join to a meeting to discuss the creation of community energy in Grenoble. So I was part of the, uh, the very, very start. Okay. And so we were then 60 people, we've seen 60, 60 people coming to this meeting to discuss what we wanted to do, what was already existing in France, because the movement was already existing in France with like around 200 companies already, 200 community energy, but small size, okay? not None was at the size of a big city like Grenoble. Okay. It was more village kind of community. Okay. So 60 people came and after a few meetings planned, we were only five left. And out of the five, I was the only woman. So I was like, okay, so now if I leave this, it means it will be a main story. (laughs) So this is not possible. Energy is for everybody. Everybody needs energy. So I stayed. And so we worked for one year to create really the company. 
and the company was created in September 2016. And I decided also to be part of the, let's say, like the head, okay, head of this company. So I volunteered to be vice president and I was elected vice president. I did not feel to be president because I I had no knowledge at all on energy. <laughs> okay, I was, it was only my own energy that I knew a lot. <laughs> I knew well. But, and so I decided that also the head of this company should be like a droll, you know, a man and a woman, not two, two men. Like everything that we see in this world anyway. <laughs> men everywhere and, and very few women, in fact, uh, acting. And so very few possibilities, I think, for women to feel represented and to be also inspired. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important that women are visible and leading in the energy sector, in the power sector? For me, it's important everywhere. It's not only the power sector, but I was thinking, I mean, this is major. We cannot live without energy. Okay, life is impossible without energy. And so we have big decisions to take. This is about how humanity will live in, in the next decades or, okay, centuries, but decades. Already the next decades will be a nightmare or not. So this cannot be just half of the community, you know, only men talking. No, it must be like all the community must be represented. It's a literal power sharing. Yes. Okay. Energy is life and life and for life, you need two genders. You need, it's really, we need, um, yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so tell me about the shape of Energy Citoyenne. How many people, what does it look like? How do you generate electricity? What means are you using? Tell me what it is and what it looks like. So today, Energy Citoyenne, so this is 345 share owners. Ten of them are cities, okay? And we have also seven companies. And the rest of these 345 are citizens, share owners. So we are investing our savings to produce electricity, but also eat with biomass uh, in uh, eating networks. Already today, we have 20 roofs producing electricity and we have four eating networks in production. You're listening to We The Power with me, Lucy Siegel, a podcast from Patagonia all about community energy. Here's another light bulb moment. Well, something I hadn't thought about before talking to Fabienne. Energy is so often perceived as the domain of men who still dominate STEM sectors, but it's also at the heart of every home and business. It makes no sense for something this important to be left to 50% of the population. And community energy allows women to step into leadership roles at the heart of their communities. So I'm fascinated to find out how Fabienne's decision to tackle the gender divide in energy worked out. So for sure, we spent, once we created the company, so 2016-2017, we, we spent those years, in fact, uh, developing the first roof. And so 
understanding how it was working, you know, like legislation, regulations, blah, 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 what was possible, what was not possible, convincing banks, convincing insurance, convincing everybody. So it was intense. And when, after this first set of proofs, we discovered that the legislation was changing and that everything that we had done in the first set of roof was not possible anymore. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. Wow. Depression. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, so we need to restart everything. We need to understand now that we, we know for sure. So it was a question of uh, uh, roof dimensions. Okay. We were looking for uh, roofs where we could implement uh, 50 square meters of solar panels. The regulation changed and it was not profitable anymore to work on those roofs. So we had to look for roofs with a minimum of 250 square meters of solar panels. So, of course, you understand that this is completely different building. And so uh, we have school roofs, we have gymnasium, we have a church. The biggest one is on a concert, rock concert you know, uh, room. And we keep developing new projects. We keep developing new projects. So every year, let's say, we are developing, we are installing something like three, four new projects. And all the roofs today we have installed, they are owned by public sector. So it's like different cities, different cities in the Grenoble area. We are renting their roof to us, okay? And what we see today is that these projects are getting bigger, okay, bigger in size. So I think we are now well-known, let's say, well-known and visible. More, more, more. I love it. The ambition, the ambition is so exciting. You have a stadium. You have all of these different buildings that you have brought into this process. What do the shareholders get financially? What are the rewards, financial rewards? Are there any? So for the first five years, they didn't get anything but only the pleasure of seeing that their money <laughs> is on the roof around all over Grenoble or on those uh, eating networks. And we are preparing the first redistribution because the objective is, of course, to redistribute, oh my God, distribute <laughs> some money to our share owners. The way it will work is that, in fact, the price of our share will increase. So we, it will be something that we will vote all together in June. So we have big assembly once a year in June. And so we will propose to the share owners to vote every year, starting now the increase of the share. The way it works is that one person, one voice, okay? In our company, whatever the number of shares you own, okay, you count for one vote. So this is also like revolution, <laughs> revolutionary, yeah. okay? Because it's not, it's not the size of your wallet which will give you the power in this company. And for us, that should be the same in the world, you know, like today, the more you, you have money and the more you have power, okay? 
So you decide, uh, <laughs> you decide for your people, not for the others, in fact. So here, so also the cities also Grenoble, you know, the cities of Grenoble has shares, but has no more power than Fabien Marais. Only one vote. Let me ask you about you. Are there two very different Fabiennes? So there's a, a, a Fabienne with your day job in logistics, and then there is the community energy. What, how, how do you balance those two bits of your existence, of your life, of who you are, and which do you prefer? The one I prefer is uh, Fabienne in Energy Citoyenne. <laughs> I think um, for me, involving myself in all those movements around ecology was like feeling better in my life with what I believe in. Okay, so my work is just, let's say, alimentary. Okay, I am alone with my kids, I need money. And so this is okay, I'm doing that to pay my bills, let's say. Okay. But then at some point, you know, I realized that I had a lot of energy myself, <laughs> a lot of passion. And I was thinking, okay, so it's not possible to just use this energy and passion for globalization. Okay. Because logistics is about, you know, like I'm working in a very big company. So it's not possible. I, I cannot just use this passion and energy for this company. Okay. Because this is not my dreams. Okay. So my, I like to feel useful and to my community. So what can I do locally? Let's, let's go back to local thinking. Okay. Because globalization. Okay. So we've seen it now. We've seen the limits also. Uh, we've seen that we are dependent upon many other countries for many different reasons on many different aspects. Like uh, with the COVID-19, I mean, we've seen it's a nightmare, the dependency. Now with Ukraine war and energy, okay? So the story is telling me that I'm right <laughs> to focus on local. <laughs> so it's like maybe my role on this planet, the, the reason why I am here is to share my energy. So for me, it's like um, people were not surprised, you know, to see me in energy, in an energy project. <laughs> it's like, okay, so Fabienne, this... Uh, ball of energy is now in fact involved in energy production this is not uh, <laughs> this is not surprising <laughs> it makes sense it, it makes, makes sense. sense exactly exactly yeah. i am already full of renewable energy <laughs> and now i am also producing some renewable energy with my money okay it's also giving some um how do you say like some hope i mean our times are so Desperate, okay? People are so desperate. Everything, every news <laughs> that we get <laughs> is like, oh my God, you know? So this is also when you do things together, it's giving you strength and hope for the future. Now, let me finish um, by asking you if you have any advice for people who want to get involved. You've given us such amazing insight, but can I be very annoying and ask, what are your top bits of advice for people who want to get involved? What do they need to do? What are the, the, the starting points? So I think first you need to look, because there, I, I think there is community energy network in each country. So I think the best is really to look at what is already existing 
in your country. It makes a big difference to show, to start by showing that some things exist already. They are working. And in some countries working for a lot more times than in France. Huh? So yeah, don't start alone. Join the network because I mean, that's where the strengths and the positive energy <laughs> will come from those projects already existing and able to testify. Yeah. No. Yeah. Share. Yeah. Provide testimony and yeah. Provide testimony, you yeah. know, and, and so inspire, inspiration, inspire, inspiration. 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 Oui, inspiration. Inspiration. <laughs> inspiration will come from the fact that you have you will see people talking about their project, existing projects. So you will feel that yeah, it is possible. These people are, have made it, so we can make it also. Yes, you can. And if you need any more inspiration, head to the website patagonia.com forward slash we the power, where you will find many more people like Fabienne, people who in the midst of our global energy crisis are pushing for a clean path forward. This is the final episode of We The Power for this season, gutted. But if you want to hear more, there are plenty of stories to catch up on in the rest of the series or in series one. They're all on the website. You can hear all of the past episodes. Please do have a listen and please do rate and review. It makes an enormous difference to the amount of people who get to hear us. Now, that's all from me for the moment. So goodbye. And if you've been inspired to get involved, and find out more about community energy then good luck too we absolutely have your back we're here to support you we the power don't forget that phrase is going to become more and more important see you next time you have been listening to we the power a podcast from patagonia for more information visit patagonia.com slash we the power we the power